Pray that you speak to us. Pray that you touch us and your heart to us. Knowledge. The spirit of knowledge. Let it be released into our midst. Touch each and every one of us and let value be added to our lives. Thank you, Almighty. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Amen. You may please be seated. Let's put our hands together for the Lord Jesus. Can you please move forward? If you are seated at the back, 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 back. Can you move forward if you are at the back, back? Can you please move forward if you are at the back, back? The Lord is promoting you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please uh, help me get the workers that are in the compound moving around. Yes. There are workers, you know. Don't stop working now. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So I want to welcome you once again to this next-gen service. I believe that the grace of God will abound and we will live here, transform people in Jesus' name. Today we are speaking or we are looking into the topic, becoming attractive. Becoming what? Becoming attractive, you know. When it comes to attraction, many of us love, love dressing up to look good. It means looking good, right? To other people, to ourselves. When you look at the mirror and you say, ah, I like what I see. Or somebody finds you truly attractive. I don't think we look attractive for ourselves, right? We look attractive for other people. We try our best to look our best so that others can find us attractive amen so you see that our choice of clothes our choice of makeup our choice of uh uh what else do we put together to make us attractive shoes jewelry uh physical assemblyment or ensemble uh, as it as it, as it may you know, helps us to look uh, attractive to other people. So it is, uh, every young person, it is one of their core things. They want to look attractive. They want their, 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 their way of dressing to catch enough, as much attention as possible. Because you feel that the more attention I can gather, right? The more my chances. Chances at what? Chances at what? Have you ever asked? Chances at what? To be seen. To be called. You know? To be chosen. And what else? 
To be loved. Like, ah, 10 people are in love with me. <laughs> I'm very attractive. You know? So we want to look attractive. We want to be attractive so that, you know, ah, we can have enough people sometimes to control, sometimes at our beck and call, sometimes, you know, so that we can get away with a whole lot of things. Hallelujah. So that we can be noticed. It's like, ah, I went, I went into that meeting and everybody turned and looked at me. Aha. Not that nobody even saw that I was there. Eh -eh. You know, hallelujah. But today we are talking about becoming attractive in the context of being a believer. You know, there is a natural way we can be attractive. You know, like today I have my air, I have my jewelry, I have my clothes, and you know, I want to look the best the way I, how many people agree that I'm looking good? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, yes, I'm looking good, yes. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> you know, we all love that. We like the compliment that comes with uh, looking good. And that's why we do sometimes some of the things that we do. But that's for the natural. And uh, I want to talk about becoming attractive before God. And you know, God is a spirit. And it deals with us in spirit and in truth are you understanding what i'm saying so when it, when it, when we when we want when we want to become attractive to god then it takes another dimension it's no longer about the jewelry you're wearing it's no longer about the clothes you're wearing it's no longer the way you look it's about something else hallelujah it's about another way you know, uh, generally, there was a man in the Bible that addressed women, and I'm going to start from there. First Timothy chapter 2 from verse 9 to 10, it says, And I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should, not, they should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair, their nails, their eyelashes, or wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. I added some things because I know some people are looking for eyelashes. Where is it? Nails. Is it there? You know, read your Bible so that nobody will bamboozle you. <laughs> All right. It says, for women who claim to be devoted to God should make themselves attractive by the good things they do. How should you make yourself attractive? By the good things you do do simple making yourself attractive before god has nothing to do with your wig the most you can do that god could take notice is that you are moderate do you understand what i'm saying in terms of dressing the one that concerns god in it is that you have not brought out your nakedness to tempt the people of god you are not dressed to show off your nakedness to make them start having bad dreams. That's the part that concerns God about your dressing. 
You have not painted your lips in such a way that every brother in the church is looking at nothing but your lips. You have not fixed your nails in such a way that when you do like this, the person forgets the song is singing. And is focused only on the hand. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, oh. It must be moderate. Do you understand? That's the point that concerns God concerning our dressing. But what really, addressing don't attract God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? No matter how much you put on your body, it does not attract God. Like, your jewelry don't attract God. Your rings don't attract God. Are you getting it? Your sunshade don't attract God. Your tops, your skirts, everything, your hair don't attract God. What attract God are the good things that you and I does? What you do? What you do? The good things, the good things, just as the bad things that you do attract Satan. Are you understanding it? When you do bad things, the <laughs> Lord of the Flies, Belzebub, a.k.a. Belzebub, is attracted to you. It's just like physics when there is poo somewhere. You don't have to ring a bell and say, oh, the flies in the environment come over. There's poo here. What happens when there is poo? The aroma of the poo sends an invitation to all the giant flies in the environment. You don't think there are giant flies in, in your environment? Leave poo at your doorstep. Just get, gather poo in a bucket and just put it at your doorstep. You would know that there are giant flies where you live. It will call to them from everywhere. Are you understanding it? But behavior, bad things, the bad things that we do attracts, makes us attractive to Satan. The good things that we do makes us what? Attractive to God. So when, when you want to turn the head of God, you have to be immersed in good works. You have to become an expert in doing good things. You know that song that says, everywhere he went, how many people know it? He was doing good. Who is that? The mighty healer is a when the people oh sorry I've mixed the song up let's start again anywhere he went the he heals the leper when the cripple saw him, he started walking. Everywhere he went, a very old song, but a very good, how do I put, description of what God does. Everywhere he went. It kept doing good. It kept doing good. It kept doing good. And that is what is expected. The Bible says so. 
Hallelujah. Are you still there? You must become an expert. If God says, do this good thing, go a mile for me, you must become an expert by going an extra mile. Tell the truth in this situation. You tell the truth in more than one situation. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Hallelujah, somebody. Romans 12, verse 2, New Living Translation. Romans 12, verse 2, New Living Translation. It says, and I read, it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Do not copy the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you... When you become a new person, you become attractive. Have you seen the baby that is just newly born? How do they look? Attractive. Everybody wants to do what? Carry them, touch them. Their skin is flawless. Their body is beautiful. They are wrapped. When they take their bath for them, they smell nice. They look good. Even when you say as a woman, oh, I'm done giving birth. When you see a baby, it's like, ah, oh, I wish. Many women just wish you. They don't do anything but wish. Hallelujah. Because some people that have got seen the work that is involved in keeping that attraction, they know. Hallelujah. Are you still here? It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. What are the customs of this world? What is customary? Lying. Is it not a common thing? When you go to offices, when you go to the market, say, how much is this? And they will say, ah, true to God, it's 500 naira. Things are expensive. I bought this 500. 15 naira is my own on top. Is it true? Most of the time is not true. When you go to the next person, another person will sell it for you 400 naira. What of that person that says you bought it 500? Lie is the cost. Lying is the custom of the world. Lying. The Bible says, don't copy the behavior. It will not make you attractive. Don't copy the behavior and the custom of the world. What is another thing that is the custom of the world? Stealing. Big stealing, small stealing, yahoo, yahoo, two gone. Everything is what? Stealing. The Bible says, do not copy the custom of the world and their behavior. You are a chosen generation. To be attractive to God, you are not permitted to be like them. What is another thing that they do? Killing. Whether with your tongue or with... Some people don't have any qualms throwing their friends under the moving train to save themselves. When, especially when there is consequence for the action. Who did it? It's not me. It's him. 
and you know, you know that you are the one, it's not him. Say, everything concerns me. Do you understand what I'm saying? These are the customs and the behavior of the world. Are you getting it? What is another one? Cheating. Cheating. Cheating is a custom. The Bible says, don't be like them. What is another custom? Wicked imagination. Wicked imagination. What will make a grown man look at a small girl and decide that he wants to have sex with her? Five-year-old girls that they are rushing to the hospital that are bleeding because a grown man thinks that she's attractive. Hey! Wicked what? Imaginations. Wicked. A friend looks at his other friend and thinks that for me to have money, they must chop off the head of this, my friend. Hey! Wicked imagination. And they are eating together, laughing together, sleeping together. Escort me to a place. I told you the story I heard some, some years back. The roommate said, follow me. We are going somewhere together. A girl, for that matter. She followed her friend, her roommate. They eat together, sleep together, cook together. Got to a junction and realized that, he said, wait for me here. And she realized that, ah, we're in the middle of nowhere. She quickly climbed a tree that she saw. Thank God she had brothers and she can climb a tree. Unlike some people like, like us here. Some of us cannot climb trees. Though. Even if our lives depend on it. Maybe if our life depended on it. Because there are some things you don't know you can do. You know, some people here, they can, they can jump a fence. But because they have not seen the right thing that can chase them. <laughs> like a, a dog with big teeth. <laughs> and they say, I asked for me, I can't run, no. I can't run at all. But when the dog say, whoa. <laughs> The spirit will propel the body to move. Yeah, I've seen it before. There was a particular guy. He has just one leg. The other leg was limping. And I don't know what happened. I think the, a fight broke out. And he saw the knife coming in this direction. He just jumped up, used one hand on the fence, lifted his entire body and went to the other side. Everybody was in shock. Like, number one, he couldn't walk properly. How did he run? How did he jump? How did he carry his body? It was a jump question that nobody could explain. Are you, are you getting what I am saying? And so she just climbed the tree. And when she climbed the tree, she said, like, a few minutes later, the person came back. Our friend came back. With two FT guys. And said, where is the girl? I said, ah, I don't know. I left her here. So you are playing with us. And they held her down, held her neck, snuffed life out of her. She was not completely dead. Tore up her clothes and began to cut all her body parts. And she was on the tree like this, like a statue looking and saying, hey! That was what our friend wanted to use her for. Our friend came to sell her body parts. To ritualist. 
And God just saved her. Do you know how many people whose friends have done that too? Uncountable. It says, do not behave like the world. Do not do what? Behave like the world. Hallelujah, somebody. Don't be like the world. Don't be like the world. Hallelujah. Are you still there? It says, the custom. And there's another thing. Pride is another thing that is customary to the world. Pride. People can be proud, but you are not permitted to be proud because it is not attractive to God. The Bible says God himself resists the You are not permitted to be proud. You shouldn't be proud. You shouldn't get to the point where you are so proud, you do not understand when to stop. If you're proud of your little achievement, the little money you have, the little resources that God has blessed you with. You are so proud. Satan is the father of all proud people. He's the one that says, I will arise. I will be like God. I, I. For you to be attractive, you need to humble yourself so that God can lift you up. Hallelujah. Are you there, somebody? It says, so Romans 12 verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Then you will learn to know. God, you will learn to know how to be attractive. That's the summary. You will become attractive to God. See, if you have to choose between becoming attractive to man, becoming attractive to yourself, and becoming attractive to God, which one should wisdom make you choose? Beauty fades. Have you, do you know that? We had to do that. Beauty does what? It fades. It fades. And you're there. And you're using all your time prepping your beauty. You use Mary Kay. You use, uh, what else? You use MAC products. You, you, you don't use any else shampoo. You have orderliness in the place of looking attractive to other men around you. But there is no orderliness in your life. You get angry at will. You lie like a river. 90% of what you say is a lie. There is no use being physically attractive, but before God, you're so ugly. Do you know what happens to ugly people? What do you think happens to ugly people? There is something that happens to ugly people. There was a time Jesus was ugly. Oh, let me see whether I can see that scripture in Isaiah. There was a time Jesus was what? Yeah. 
I'm trying to see whether I can still get it. Oh. Yeah, Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 says, who has believed our message? Okay, let me start from verse 2. It said, my servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in a dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. When you are not beautiful and not attractive, see what happened. He was despised and rejected. When you are not attractive and you are not beautiful, you will be despised and you will be what? Rejected. So, you know, I know that we are talking about spiritual beauty and being spiritually attractive, but you there, even physically, you've not made any effort to be fine. Are you seeing the, 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 the verdict for people that are not fine? God has created everybody to be beautiful. You know, I heard an adage, a worthy adage that says, there is no woman that is, that is not beautiful. There are just women that are lazy. Did you get that? There are just women that are what? Ah. Do you know what it takes to stand in the mirror and begin to draw your eyebrow? These days, you don't have to have perfect eyebrow. You can draw it by yourself. You learn it. And you spend time to draw it. You don't have to have a smooth face, oh. Some people even have tribal marks. All you need to buy is a very good what? Foundation. Look at you, you don't even know. Foundation. You want to build building on top of the face. You first of all use what? Foundation will fill up every hole, every ridge, every gallop. Everything will be do, will do what? Sometimes, when people want to present themselves as attractive, they will wake up as early as 4 a.m., start the walk two hours. By the time, <laughs> by the time they are stepping out, uh uh, uh uh, something that they've used two hours to do. You cannot, you cannot but turn. Uh uh. Laziness. So, even the physical one, if you cannot get the physical one right, you cannot, I'm not talking about looking vulgar, looking as if you want to steal all the married men in Lagos. Only you. You want to date all the young men and the married men. You, you dress up, your breasts are out, your bum bum, half of it is out, you have dressed up, your clothes is so tight, there's no difference between your skin and the clothes. When you are walking, oh, the things that God has blessed you with. Nothing is hidden. Everything is plain for all to see. How many people do you want to marry? How many people do you want to stay with? Can you sleep in two rooms at the same time? One room. So when I talk about being attractive, I'm not talking about being vulgar or being seductive. I am talking about looking good, looking the best that you can. Looking smart, looking beautiful is different from looking seductive. Don't mix it up. 
if you cannot get the physical, you say you are so spiritual, you want to be attractive to God, but when you open your mouth, you're spelling like a gutter. You talk and people... Do as if they are busy talking to somebody else. Stylishly, in order not to offend you. Try not to be my friend because I will tell you straight. I will tell you straight. Try not to be my friend because I will tell you. Charlie, why don't you invest in the roll-on? Why are you smelling like this? Have you brushed your teeth? Why is your teeth turning yellow? You hit without brushing. The rest of the food is piling up in, at the top of your teeth, up, up. It has stayed there permanently. It's not going again. Why don't you go and scrape it off? You smile and people are like, wow. What's happening? People want to start crying for you after you just smiled. And like, you mean that as fine as you are, your teeth have spoiled everything. Your, what about your gestures? There are some gestures that will make it the most beautiful person look very bad. You dressed up, then you put your hand in your hair. That one is still good. What about the nose? After bringing it out, you look at it. Don't come near me with that hand. Then you see me, you bring your hand. Go and sanitize yourself first. Are you getting what I'm saying? Looking attractive is not how rich you are. Looking attractive is not how well placed in life or the kind of work you are doing. Looking attractive is following certain principles. Neat, sharp, smart. Respectful. Looking respectful. Decent. That's looking attractive. Both physically and even spiritually, the same principles apply. Being straight, truthful, honest. Those things that God don't, don't considers an abomination, you are not found there. That's what makes you attractive spiritually. That's how to become attractive. Hallelujah, somebody. You know, that scripture that we just read now, it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. If you are not attractive to God, it will not be able to relate with you. It means that you are not making any effort at all. How many of you will like to be close friends with people that have dressed like beggars? Dirty shoes, dirty clothes, not brushing his teeth, armpit hair is smelling like soak away. Air is not combed. Everywhere is looking dusty. Eh? How many of you will be proud to show them off? 
most of the times when we see beggars, we, we help them with the change that we have and we do what? We move on. How much more? Say you want to not marry one. Young men, are you here? You take one home to your mother and say, this is who I want to marry. Ah, ah. Oh, she's dead. You say, I like her like that. She's thinking, I like her like that. Our clothes are torn here and there. It's okay like that. God is not okay with mediocrity. If you don't put your life in order and begin to look attractive, you might not be able to have a relationship with God. You might not be able to benefit from what he has, he has planned for you. He has, because how can you go into his will when you don't have a relationship with him? The kind of relationship that God is offering us is the marriage kind of relationship. Are you hearing? It's the total commitment kind of relationship. It's not the ordinary kind of relationship that you can just take up and dispose of. Are you getting it? That is why you must make effort, you and I. We must make effort to make sure our lives are in order. We are becoming attractive to him. Hallelujah. Do you know what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 3? From verse 21 to 26. And before I read this scripture. When it comes to becoming attractive, it is not rocket science. Everything has been listed out to us, right? Those things that should be truthful, be honest, the commandments that has been stated. But somehow we still find way. It's not something that you, you think so much about. Every time you have to make a decision, you know that there are two decisions to make. One, the right one. The second, the wrong one, right? But sometimes, eh, is there no middle ground? There's no middle ground. It's either right or wrong. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21, it says, Proverbs 3, 21, my child, don't lose sight of what? Don't lose sight of what? And what? My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them. Verse 22 says, For they will refresh your soul. They are like dwells on a necklace. You know, there are ordinary necklaces. There are attractive necklaces. When you have diamonds, gold on a necklace, it stops becoming an ordinary one. They keep you safe on your way. That's what? Common sense and what? Discernment. We are talking about common sense. Stop believing when people tell you that common sense is not common. That's why you don't have common sense. Turn to your neighbor and say common sense is common. That's why it is named common sense. You don't know. That is why you can find it everywhere. It's like pure water. Like, you know, the pure water here in this, in this, in this country. We don't know whether it's pure or not, but we call it what? Mm. 
Yes, and if they call it pure water, it's what? It's pure water. Common sense and discernment. It says that they will keep you safe on your way and your feet will not stumble. That's verse 23. And by it, again, verse 24 says, you can go to bed without fear. You can lie down and sleep soundly. With common sense, oh. Common sense. You see what common sense is doing? You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord is your security. It will keep your feet from being caught in a trap. When you apply common sense to the commandments of God, you don't have to be so intelligent. A lie is a lie, whether here or in Jamaica. Even if the language changes, a lie is still a word. Everybody can identify what a lie is. Abby, that's why it's common sense. Everyone can identify what the truth is. No matter how distorted they have distorted everything. That's why courts are set up. Is it not to determine the truth? That's why we have law enforcement agents. Is it not to determine the truth? Everybody can determine what sin is. It is common sense. It says don't lose common sense. And when you read the same uh, version in the Message Bible version, the Message Bible version, it says, dear friend. That's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21. Can you get into the Message Bible? Dear friend, God, clear thinking and common sense with what? Don't for a minute, a minute, because if you lose it for a minute, it's dangerous. Don't for a minute lose sight of them. How do you get clear thinking? How do you get clear thinking? You cannot get clear thinking if you don't make use of facts. The foundation for clear thinking that, you, that, that will not be modeled up by your emotions, that will not be modeled up by what people are saying or what they say is raining or rumors is what? Facts. Facts. And how do you get facts? The Bible says, starting to show yourself approved. You want to think clearly. You want common sense and you are not studying. You stop with primary six certificates. Ah. Your work, it is by force that they, you did it. You're not thinking of, for, you don't know what they are doing in the university. Self. I don't even know what they are going to the university to do. In this Nigeria of today, what are they doing in the university? It's even when you go to university, you cannot get a job. So because of that, you decide not to go. How are you going to think clearly when you have not added knowledge to yourself? Knowledge is what? Power to discern. Power for clear thinking comes from the amount of knowledge you have. The difference between you and your friend that is your age that is making one million naira or that is making more money than you is what he knows that you don't know. Simple. 
Knowledge is the difference between our levels in life. You can think that it's because he is born that way uh, uh, into a rich family. If his father don't know some stuff, he will not be born into that rich family. Knowledge is what distinguishes you from where you are to where you should be. Success is determined by how much knowledge that you have access to. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Your success in life is determined by how much of, of knowledge you have access to. The Bible says here, it says, God's what? Clear thinking. You can never think clearly if you don't have a reservoir of knowledge. If you think without knowledge, you will come to the wrong conclusion. How many of you have met girls that you think, I'm talking to the brothers now, that you think was, ah, this girl, she's a 10 over 10. The way she walks, the way she smiles, her countenance, her gestures. And you look at her from afar, you send your friend, please let me just talk to her, you know. No, I like to get die. Until you enter the relationship with her. And you begin to see some certain things. Mm. One or two things. You think it's a joke before. Then the true color starts to show. Then you start singing, there is fire on the mountain. And how many of you ladies have met guys that you feel that, ah, so dark and handsome. But when you enter the relationship, realize that it is better to be on the corner of a rooftop than to, than to be in a big house with this man. Ah! There is big fire on the mountain. No, no, no. Because you did not have access to the knowledge of who you are dealing with initially, you can make the wrong decision of wanting to. Some of us have been in a relationship that you feel that if I had known, if I had known, right, I will never have even spoken to this person. The lack of knowledge can make you make commitments that you have no business making. Lack of knowledge. If you don't have access to the right facts, even about somebody you want to enter a relationship with, you can make the worst decision in your life and enter into the marriage with the worst person you can ever dream of. Some people are so good in keeping facts about themselves. Not being honest. And you too, you are not prayerful that God should reveal it on time. Or you see the fruits and you look away. You've forgotten that fruits don't. Fruits don't. By all means, you will see one or two fruits. Here or there. You cannot say, uh uh. I know it's tasting like lime, but it should not be lime. This tree looks like a mango tree. 
Uh, maybe it's not ripe. This tree, it looks like a orange tree. So with time, I believe it will ripe. No, it's even small like lime, but it will grow fat. It will grow, yes. It's because it's, it's still young. A tree that has been planted for the past 20 years. You, still, you can still see the, the, the fruit. And you say that the, a lime fruit will become orange fruit. Okay. God, use your life to guard common sense and what? Clear thinking. What you don't know, seek knowledge. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Where have you put studying in your life? And you are complaining that it's the witches in your father's house that is disturbing your life. You are the first enemy of yourself. If you don't open the door, nothing can come in. If you don't prepare the ground, nothing can grow. See this cemented ground outside. Can anything grow by itself, dear? Uh-uh. What did he say is that you want to grow? Right from under the tiles that have cemented. Uh-uh. Are you getting what I'm saying? But when you leave the ground, see, the demon said he went away. Some of us, the way we live, the way we do our things and put things together in our life. We have conditioned our life for demons to prosper. Conditioning. Conditioning. You put everything in place so that when the demon returns, you will go and bring several more powerful ones. You say, oh, more. This place is still conducive. You've made it conducive by what you do. You are attractive to Satan. You don't want Satan to stay. What, what are you talking about? You cannot be attractive to God and attractive to demons at the same time. God cannot be in love with you and Satan loves you. The moment God is in love with you, Satan is mad at you. The moment demons are hiring you and they are dancing a willow in your life, God cannot behold you. God has turned away. Like, well, do it. You lie like anything. You steal Small, small things in the office, in the, in the house. Your mommy's boss, you, you go like that. Turum, turum, turum. One day I left money in my, one of, in my car. I'm sure that my son did not know that I monitored that money. Fear women and their money, especially mothers. When you see any money that is lying around, it might be a trap. And so, he took the money. And then I said, where is my money? He said, oh, I don't know. I said, eh, you don't know. You don't have to tell me that you are the one that took it or not. I know that you are the one. And for taking my money, he said, ah, mommy, ah, if you like, do drama. Put your head on the ground, raise it up. And you use it for drama for me to show that you did not take the money. Shake all your bag, shake all your bag. I know you took the money. And since you took the money, there shall be no money for you from henceforth until I decide that you finish spending the money that I did not ask you to take. Amen, amen. So, multiplier effect came upon the money. And then he started using the money as lunch money continuously for some time. It happened recently. He has not finished paying me back. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. 
But if I don't do that, next time you will see my money and you should be attractive to him. Since that time, the, my money has been lying about everywhere and it has not been missing. You see, my 50 naira is there. You see, my 100 naira is there. You ask me, can I take it? I say no, it means no. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because if for the little, little things you don't want to caution yourself, one day EFCC will come and arrest you. You are in the office and you don't know how to not pick people's pen and put it in your bag and claim it. Name it, claim it. They are sharing beverage. You've collected one round. You went back to collect another round because they did not put your name down that you've collected first. Small, he said it's not small, small things now. Small, small things will take you, will take away your attractiveness before God. And it will grow into bigger things. Clear thinking and what? Clear thinking and what? Invest in clear thinking. Some people, when they talk, you begin to imagine just how foolish they are. Like this comment that you, you have just made. It would have been better for you to keep your mouth shut. You are stone, stone, stone talk. The Bible says, even a fool, if he doesn't talk, you will not know. But by reason of opening his mouth, a fool announces him or herself. But what makes a fool a fool? Very little knowledge. Decision based on what? Little facts. Little facts. Little exposure. You don't know much. You are not seeking to know much. You are not tested to know much. The Bible says, guard your clear thinking. That's how to become attractive to God. If you look at the people that God used in, his, in the Bible, you will see that they are not ordinary people that are ignorant. Ignorance, the Bible calls simple people, foolish people. Oh, then you are boasting. I'm a very simple person. My life is not hard. You are foolish. You are still boasting. It's a complicated matter. Foolishness and boasting on it. I'm a very simple person. I'm very simple. That's why you go and stand as shorty for somebody you are not supposed to stand for. Because you're a very simple person. Ah, he said it's not only what you stand for that will be taken away. Even your bed, your house, everything that you hold will be used to pay back. Maybe you are simple. You will learn in the prison. Are you understanding? For every action or inaction, listen to me, there are consequences. If you refuse to study to show yourself approved, you will get the consequence of that action. If you decide to study to show yourself approved, you will also reap the benefit of that action. Knowledge is what determines our level in this life. And spiritually also, Knowledge is one that determines our level spiritually. Knowledge cuts across. When you see people who are very knowledgeable and wise, the combination of knowledge and wisdom can never put you before mean men. It places you before kings. It places you before important people. It lifts you up. 
Joseph was not ordinarily promoted. He knew what others did not know. What do others not know that you know as you are sitting down there? You have to ask yourself, where have I researched that I am an expert of or expert in? Many of us, we have jobs. But even at our jobs, we don't research. We are not expert in anything. Then you are blaming somebody else for your problem. If you see anybody who is so, who is so quick to blame somebody for their challenges in life, it's be, because they are foolish and refuse to study. Are you understanding what I'm saying? There is no way you can acquire wisdom and you still stay poor. Huh. There is no way. There is no way you can put the knowledge in your life after you have studied into use that you will still remain the same. The reason why, if you look at all, the, if you go to a, a, a working organization and you see those that are in the board or in the management of that organization, they are not there because it's only in the Nigerian government sometimes that you see people who don't know anything about Jack. That's, and that's why you see that our system is not working. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But when you see a system that is working, the people that are running that organization are experienced, knowledgeable, and wise. Are you understanding? They are experienced, they are knowledgeable, they are wise, and they are workaholics, hard-working people. Today they are here. Tomorrow they, they don't complain that, ah, this work is too much. Today it rain fall. I fall, ah, I must sleep today. This today that rain has fallen in the morning, falling in the morning. Ah, I can't go out and go and open my shop. I can't open the have you gotten to any bank before? And they say because rain fell, there was flood, they closed the bank. They closed the bank up. Uh-uh. When you see any serious place where knowledge and wisdom is working, the people are working. Stop complaining about where you are at. Do something about it. You are complaining too much. You are talking too much. Everybody is tired of the way you talk and talk and talk. What is wrong with you? You look within yourself and begin to do the things. It says, God, with your life, clear thinking and words. Common sense. Clear up the clutters in your life. That will not allow you to think straight. Somebody is saying this to you. This is how they do it. Another person will give you his opinion. Eh, eh. Another person will also give you his opinion. Everybody is donating their opinion in your life. Then you are using that to navigate your life. That is foolishness. Why don't you look for the facts? What is the fact? What is the knowledge in this situation? And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free, whether it be poverty, shame, sickness, anything, and you will know the truth. And the truth shall do what? It shall set you free. It is only in truth that you get freedom to do whatever you want. It's only in the truth. Lies cannot do that. If it is a lie, it always fails. If it is deceit, it does, the Bible says there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed or uncovered. There is nothing. Build a skyscraper on lies. It will be pulled down. 
Are you understanding what I am saying this afternoon? It is time for us to make the necessary investment into clear thinking. See, the difference between your age mates here, or yes, in Nigeria, and your age mates in the US is access to knowledge. I registered my, my seven-year-old daughter for coding and robotics. And we were to come together, they were to have a training online in about, uh, I think, five of the children showed up, or six of them. And my daughter was the only Nigerian. The rest were from India. Many of them were from the U.S. Like 60% of them were from the U.S. Then my daughter, and one from India, and I think one from Dubai. You know, so they were all, it was uh, online uh, webcam, you know, a video tutorial. Then the, the tutor was, an, was a, 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 an American, a man, you know. And so it started with the whole thing. And one of the things I realized from that experience, because I was there, and then other parents for, for their children too were there. Number one, me, myself, the parents did not know enough about how to even navigate and put the, my own child through on what to do. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The second thing is that my daughter was the only one among them that had never come across such a training before. She was lost completely. But the other children, some of them had even, you know, done a project and they were sharing their screen. Six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, they were sharing their screen to show their project, the things that they've done. I've done this and they were talking intelligently. Why do you think that is? Did they bring the knowledge from, from heaven, from God? They learnt it. Somebody had taken out time to teach them. They had the knowledge of how those things worked. Even at that age, you could not imagine what a 14-year-old can do. Knowledge is a progressive thing. It's not something that you do. Like in these places where you see that somebody goes to school for uh, six years, another six years, and then it finishes and then go for four years in the university or five years and that's it. No schooling again. No trainings, no schooling, nothing. No, no improvements. No side trainings. But they have seen that knowledge is a progressive thing. It changes. There is innovation. You keep upgrading. You keep teaching them. And so that's why a 14-year-old can have uh, a website, you know, and be earning in millions of dollars. Whereas it's very difficult for a 14-year-old here. It is not because of our governments. It is not because of our color. It is not because of our race. It is because of our lack of access to knowledge. Let us stop deceiving ourselves that because we are Nigerians 
and because the government is not working. That's why. What have you done with Google? What have you done? been doing on Safari? Paying interest. What have you done there? Are you understand what I'm saying? The wealth of information that is online now, a lot of people are not making use of it. Right? That you're on TikTok. And your life is going TikTok, 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 TikTok. Sleeping away. Four hours on TikTok. Five hours. Recently, uh, yeah, no, recently I uh, uninstalled YouTube on my iPad. Because my iPad is very, has a very large capacity, 256, have you? Yes, very large. And my children started downloading videos on it. Videos. And the last time I checked, it was 300 and something videos from YouTube. So when they connect to the Wi-Fi, they just download. So later when we get to, because they now understand that there is Wi-Fi in the church. There is no Wi-Fi at home. So when they get to church, they would download all the videos. So as they are watching, they are downloading like 50 other videos. So when they get home, they will now start binging on videos. And how did I now get to know that got to me? What made me uninstall it? My two-year-old son, my Jara baby, mm -hmm, became so addicted to my iPad that he began to call it his own. So when we get to me, say, mommy, my iPad. I said, your iPad. Then he will go to my bag, open it up, and bring it out. And if you try to collect it from him, there's going to be world war. And then he will sit. He won't ask for food. He won't ask for any. He doesn't cry again. He will sit with it and be telling you the topics of the video you want to watch. Baby Shark. Uh, uh, Spider-Man. Superman. Then when he finished watching, he will come and demonstrate everything he has watched. And sing it. So he became so addicted to it and then I realized that in the class, when you ask him to write, his mind is so busy with Superman. Write one. Then he'll be like, mm, he's bored. He doesn't want to write, doesn't want to learn. But he's very good. He can spend four hours on the hype. I say, eh. Otto, Uninstall. When I uninstalled it, yesterday I saw that they reinstalled it and brought back all the video. Today, what did I do? I deleted it. I did what I said. So these children are now very, they can uninstall something that I've, yes. Oh, okay. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because I want to channel them into knowledge. And I know that all these things that they are watching, it was somebody that created it. Why don't you channel them to the place where they can create their own? Instead of constantly watching uh, uh, season film and all. What have you done? You love season film. You love to watch film. Find a way. Research on how to create one for yourself. Research on how to be a film producer, a filmmaker. How can you start? Those things that you love to do, those things that you, are, you, you love to, to be associated with, why don't you research on how to do it and make it better? Some people did, and that's where they are, where they are. Engage clear thinking, guard 
clear, you cannot acquire clear thinking without knowledge. Knowledge. So today, from this message, if you don't pick anything, pick this and say to yourself, from today, I begin to think clearly. Thinking clearly is not sitting down and saying, oh, now nah, I want to think clearly. No. It's thinking based on what you know. Acquire knowledge. Do you have NCE? Go and do your degree. Do you have national diploma? Find out how you can do your degree. When you continue to learn, you continue to see things opening up for you. Do you have somebody who has a doctorate around you? Respect them. Talk to them. Seek advice from them. Do you have somebody who you are a lay minister? You have somebody who is a pastor or who has been a senior pastor for some time or you are an ordinary worker? Seek advice from them. Out of, don't just be stagnant and say, as for me, this is where I want to be. God has not created us to be stagnant. For you to continuously think clearly, you must continuously improve yourself. You must continuously improve your life. You must continuously improve the knowledge that you have. The knowledge of yesterday is not enough for today. You have to improve on it. You have to get better and better and better at it. And I pray that the Lord will help you in Jesus' name. You know, as I, I, and I'll keep reading it. It says, do not lose, don't for a minute lose sight of them. That's Proverbs chapter, 20, chapter 3 from verse 21. It says, they will keep you alive. That's the message Bible. Can you go back there, please? They will keep you what? Alive. They will keep your soul alive and well. They will keep you fit and attractive. Are you seeing it? They will keep you what? Fit and attractive. That's a message Bible. They will keep your soul alive and well. They will keep you fit and attractive. How many of us want to remain attractive? What will keep you fit and attractive? Clear. Clear what? Clear what? And what? Common sense. Common sense and clear thinking will make you attractive. Both physically. Have you met a girl that maybe does not really dress so well, but when she talks, you're just in love? Or when he talks, she just like the way, like, this person is so I've met people who are not attractive at all, but they are very brilliant. Have you seen such people before? They always end up where they don't end up with some way people. Are you understand what I'm saying? Clear thinking. Clear thinking and common sense. Hallelujah. It makes you attractive. It says you'll travel safely and you'll neither tire nor trip. You take afternoon naps without a worry. How many of us want to start taking afternoon naps? Some of you, you know that if I should sleep at all, there's something they call supper. Supper. 
If I decide to sleep at home in the afternoon, naps in the afternoon for one week, what will chase you is not maybe your boss or your parents. It's the supper. It is a supper. The supper will supper you out of the house. You will look for a means for yourself fast. Are you getting it? It says, but when you have common sense and clear thinking, you are going to be able to take afternoon naps. He says, and you will lie down. You, 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 you afternoon naps without worry, and you'll enjoy a good night's sleep. Not only will you be able to sleep in the afternoon, you will also be able to sleep at night. Is this something that is common now? But it's possible. Because you would have done what you are supposed to do in the morning. You would have put systems in place that will be rolling. You would have been able to understand the times and seasons because you are thinking based on facts. You would have seen the evil days coming because you have facts. And known how to avoid them. You would have known how to save and not go and be eating the Mr. Biggs tantalizers. Or that young Ike that has the baddest tamala in town. Are you understanding? You will know. You will know how to make it work. He says, no need to panic over alarms or surprises. There are some things like house rent. The way some people get alarmed over it and start running elder skater and start moving around. There are some people that don't bother about all such surprises. So. Yeah, they're they are fine. They're fine. I'm fine. You understand what I'm saying? Don't need for surprises. You, even when the surprises come, there is an avenue that can take care of it. There are enough saved resources because of clear thinking. You are not, you are not working based on assumption. I am assuming I'll be able to pay. <laughs> Start assuming that you will not be able to pay. Clear thinking. It says no need. You will not panic. No panicking over surprises or predictions that doomsday is just around the corner. What prediction? You are working with facts. Are you understanding? Because God will be right there with you. God does not work with prediction. God works with facts. God works with truth. He doesn't base his judgment on lies. He bases them on facts. Facts are truths. Are you understanding it? So where truth is, God is. That's why you are, you are always encouraged to tell the truth. Because the moment you invoke truth in your life, you are invoking the presence of God. Are you understanding it? Where truth is, God is there. Where lie is, Satan is the father of all liars. Satan is present. The moment you lie, Satan lands in the ah. The, you are invoking. You don't have to start uh, looking for incantation that will bring Satan. Eh? Just lie. Satan is there. He is attracted by the odor of what pertains to him. He is the father of all liars. The moment you lie, you connect your DNA with Satan. You port from being a child of God to being a child of Satan. 
So that's why he will tempt you with everything so that you can lie. God deals with facts and with truth. And every time, you know, you tell the truth and you walk with facts, he says, God will be right there with you. And he will keep you safe and sound. Colossians 4, 5 says, Live wisely among those who are not believers. And make the most of every opportunity. We are still talking about clear thinking. Live wisely among those who are not what? Don't make assumptions with them. Don't flow with them. It says, and do what? Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Your conversation can be attractive. How do, what makes your conversation attractive? What will make people want to listen to you? When you have wise words and truths being spoken. No matter how far, you know, I've been a counselor for some time. And sometimes when I tell people some certain truths, they don't, they don't accept it. They don't like it. They get offended and they walk away. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But some years later, they will understand and they will come back and say, ah, Lady P, what you said now, I know it's true because, you know, as long as it's the truth, your word will remain, it will attract people back to you. It will do what? Attract people back no matter what. Among the Gentiles too. In your place of work. As long as your words are just and truthful, you will receive promotions. You will receive recommendation. When they are looking for who to do stuff, it will not be by your prayer. It will be by your character. It will be by the truth that you stand for. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It will be by how people have noted your dealings. The Bible says, live wisely. Colossians 4 verse 5. Live wisely among those who are not believers. Let them see your lights. Let them see the fact of God. The fact that you live by the truths that you live by. And great things will begin to happen in Jesus' name. Finally, I will leave you with a counsel from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 11. It says, don't waste your time on useless work. Mere busy work. That's message Bible. The barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the sham that they have. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things that they must do in the darkness where no one will see. You know, truth stands in, in the open. Anything you do in the darkness does not make you attractive. The Bible says, don't waste your life being ugly. When people have a ugly spot, they hide it. They put it in darkness, right? People don't want people any other person to see their ugly parts. 
everything that has to be done in the darkness is ugly. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The Bible is advising, the word of God is advising us. It says, don't waste your life on things that must be done in the darkness. Don't waste your life on lies. It wouldn't make you attractive. It wouldn't make you seen. It wouldn't make you noticed. It will make you. It will not announce you to the world. Whatever is done in darkness is something you don't want the whole world to hear about. Your attractiveness is what you want everybody to see, and you want the whole world to see. The Bible says, "Don't waste your time on these things that must be done in darkness. Don't waste your time on ignorance." He says, reap the cover of these frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light. So watch your step. Use your words. Use your words. Don't use somebody else's head, though. The word of God is not saying use your friend's head. It doesn't say use your father's head. Use your mother's head. Use your head that you have trained. Not your head that is dull. Use your head that is sharp. That you have invested knowledge in. Use it. Make, up, make most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. You're not desperate for anything. You're not ready to be attractive. You say, no, me, I cannot rush for anything. Ah, people are rushing. This is a fast-paced world. Everybody is rushing for everything. If you're not rushing for it, you're not desperate for it enough, you cannot get it. You'll be left behind. You will not be left behind in Jesus' name. So, I want to leave you with this piece of advice. For you to be attractive, you have to come out from the darkness. You have to come out from be, uh, uh, the kinds of behavior that attracts darkness to you. And come into the marvelous light of the Lord. The glory of God is attractive. Don't your neighbor say, the glory of God is attractive. I am becoming attractive via the glory of God. Rise to your feet this afternoon and talk to God and say, Father... Help me to gain knowledge that will sharpen my mind. That will sharpen my mind. That will sharpen my mind. Help me to gain the knowledge that will make me attractive. Attractive to my world. Attractive to you in the name of Jesus. Would you talk to God and begin to pray? Would you talk to God and, and begin to pray? Talk to him right now. Help me to gain the kind of knowledge that will propel me into the place of attraction 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 physically attraction spiritually to be attractive to good things in this life and to be attractive to god in the name of jesus knowledge that brings attraction lord give me the grace to get there knowledge that is common common knowledge in the name of jesus common knowledge 
otherwise known as common sense. Give me the grace to make use of it. In the name of Jesus, lift your voices and talk to God. Lift your voices and talk to God. Lift your voices and talk to God. Lift your voices this afternoon. For in Jesus' name we are praying. Heavenly Father, I pray for your children this afternoon. Lift them before you. The Bible says, whatsoever we desire, when we pray, we should believe that we would receive them when we have them. This afternoon, we have been centered around knowledge, the clarity of our minds. Lord, I pray for these ones, that the Lord gives you the grace to acquire a clear mind in the name of Jesus, Amen. to acquire clear thinking in the name of Jesus. To acquire facts and knowledge that will take you to the place and propel you to your greatness in the name of Jesus. So shall it be. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Can you put your hands together for 